Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the People's Choice Podcast here. I'm your host, of course, Alvin Peoples, as you guys already know. I'm joined here today for episode 13 with the one and only Mr. Steve Holder. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here, Alvin. Thank you. Now, for the my peeps have seen episode, or not my episode, but your episode, actually, where you interviewed me. Now the roles are reversed now. I get to interview you, so this is going to be pretty cool. So if you want to give my peeps that haven't seen our interview before, just a small introduction for yourself. Well, who am I? I've been trying to figure that out for 66 years. Uh, Let's see, I'm an eccentric old white guy in East Tennessee. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm a recovering politician. I'm a blogger. I have my own podcast. I'm a very opinionated person sometimes, so take your pick. That's awesome, Steve. So let's, let's talk about uh, your upbringing. What was it like growing up? Are you from, you're from Tennessee, right? I was born in Kingsport, Tennessee, raised right here in Johnson City, Tennessee. Uh, come from a, we weren't what you call dirt poor, but we were, I guess, just barely above dirt poor. We always had plenty of food to eat and we always had a home, but we didn't have extras. Uh, I was raised a Southern Baptist, and my parents were very, very religious, and they did do their best to teach me right from wrong, and some things I learned well, some things I didn't, and so I got started off, I guess you could say, on a slow start. I was a very depressed child. I had depression, anxiety, and I just had a hard time figuring things out, which got me into a lot of trouble later on. I understand that completely. So, um, as I was doing research on you, you also joined the Army. I did. I joined the Army right, right after I turned 18. I wanted to serve my country, and I wanted to get a good education, and I knew I couldn't afford to do it otherwise so I thought well this would be a good opportunity for me and so I did that and it didn't turn out so well because unfortunately at that time I had a very serious alcohol and drug problem so that resulted in me making some very very bad decisions which ultimately ended my military career very very quickly and that brings us to a whole nother story and uh, something I wrote about in my autobiography I wrote a couple years back where I chronicle my struggles with addiction and anxiety and depression so my story is very very troubling I guess at times but there's some good parts to it also that's, that's good that you brought up your books. I was actually my next question. I was I was looking you up more and seeing that you got some books out there on Amazon. You got uh, No One Walks Alone, um, Alcohol Anonymous, Then and Now, Lessons from the Bible, Life Sucks, and There Is Hope for Me. And the twelve steps twelve steps past hell. Uh, what inspired you to make all those stories? Uh, I think I first became interested in writing is when I was in college and I was 
encouraged to write an article for the school newsletter. And I did, and it went over well. People enjoyed it, so that kind of got me interested in writing. And I started writing some things, and over the years, I just kept at it here and there. And finally, I decided, well, I'm going to go big time, and I'm going to publish a book and see what happens. And uh, my first book was a novel called 12 Steps Past Hell. It's fiction. And uh, after that, I just, I guess you could say I had the fever. So I've been writing ever since then. And I really enjoy it. It helps me to get some things off of my chest. And I get to be creative. I can create all these wonderful characters and some good and some not so good and if they get to be too bad i can kill them off without going to jail you know <laughs> that's true so that's i love the, that's writing of being a writer yeah. you, you make all the rules exactly i know you, you touched on it a little bit during our um, interview and then just briefly now about um addiction which i give you um just not great amount of respect for that because you know it hits home with me especially when I talk to you about a lot of my family members and friends and even friends now currently that I know that are dealing with addiction so what was it that you was addicted to and how did you beat it well my main addiction was alcohol and I was also a drug user as well uh, when I was a teenager I got a job at a local car wash and I was working with some people who were very heavy into drinking. They were about my age and I wanted to fit in, I wanted to find a way to enjoy life somehow but at first that was a lot of fun. They taught me how to drink. Boy did they teach me how to drink and you know I at first I thought I found the secret to life, you know, I can do all this and I can get away from my troubles for a while, I can have fun and I thought it was really a good thing. So, you know, alcohol and drugs became something I looked at as a solution, you know, I thought that was a solution. Uh, but looking back on it, I know now that was just me self-medicating to deal with my depression and anxiety um, so I guess you could say I lost myself in the drugs and the alcohol before I even found out who I really was and that got me into a lot of trouble uh, I drank heavily for about 12 years and like I said done lots of drugs also and I tried many many times to stop which didn't work for long I tried many times to control it but that didn't work I tried numerous ways to control it I tried to just drink only at home but nowhere else that didn't work I tried the opposite I tried just drinking when I was at bars or with friends and not at home and that didn't work uh, I tried all kinds of different ways to quit it just didn't work but finally I got into a 12-step program where I met some people that uh, taught me how to live without alcohol and drugs and that was a very daunting experience at first very intimidating and very difficult and for a long time i thought it was impossible i could not imagine myself living without alcohol uh, and an occasional 
other things as well. And but I did have some people that took some interest in me that showed me how to live without all that. And thanks to that fellowship and the grace of God, I learned to get over that. And by God's grace, I've now have 36 years clean and sober. And that doesn't make me great, but it makes me grateful. Congratulations, that is amazing. That's longer than I've been alive. That's that's awesome, Steve. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. And that gives me like a lot of hope for a lot of people that I know, like family and friends that, you know, hey, you know, Steve can do it. He's been 36 years clean. I know that they can do it too. Yeah. So we talked a little bit before in our interview um, about you being a Christian, and you said you, your parents were uh, deep into uh, religion as well. So yeah. what made you uh, become a Christian? Because sometimes what I've noticed was when kids grow up in the church, they tend to scare away from it, and sometimes they don't ever come back. But yeah. it seems you've made your way back, or I don't know if you ever scared off at not, but if you want to talk more about being a Christian. Yeah, when I was a teenager and I... When I got into alcohol, it's that pretty much took over my life, you know. And I wanted to fit in, like all teenagers do. I wanted to be cool, and being a Christian just didn't fit in with all that, you know. And a lot of the peer pressure, and I was very rebellious and very unhappy. And so, as I got more and more into the alcohol and the drugs, you know, the Christianity just kind of fell by the wayside, and. Uh, I guess you can say I re-found God later on and when I was in my early 20s I got very a long time before I got into AA uh, I decided I wanted to change my life so I decided at one point I was going to get off the alcohol get off the drugs I was going to quit my job because I was always partying on the job and I decided to go on a diet, and I decided to get in church, and I decided to just do all this at the same time. And <laughs> looking back on it, doesn't wonder I didn't just kill myself and get it over with trying to do all that at once. But I had a little bit of success for a while. I stayed uh, sober for a couple years with that, and. But eventually that didn't work. I mean, I even got into the ministry about that time. I felt like God was calling me into the ministry, and I talked about that with my pastor, with my parents, and of course I got all kinds of encouragement, and I, I done that for a while, preached a few, a few churches, excuse me, and you know that was that was good for a while. But you know, I really didn't learn anything about addiction or how to deal with all the craziness going on in my head, you know, and that's something that I had to learn from recovering people, you know, because they understood, you know. Uh, you can get a certain amount of sympathy in church, but on a large scale, they don't understand what it's really like. They tend to think of it as a moral issue rather than a disease, and addiction is a disease. Uh, so you know I did that for a while but then I got back went back to drinking and drugging and it was 20 I was 28 years old before I first went to my first AA meeting and 
I had been through a lot of hell at that time because I would wake up every morning and say, well, it's another effing day and I have to live it. At that point, I hated myself, I hated everybody else, and I hated life. I just wanted something different. And it was not uncommon for me to pray, God, either let me feel better or let me die. I really don't care which. I mean, that was just where I was. Uh, well, I kind of got back into being spiritual in AA, and, you know, that didn't automatically turn into me coming back to Christ. But it did get me established on a spiritual foundation. So that's been a rocky road back and forth over the years. Um, I say that I've walked away from Christ on a few occasions, but thank God he never walked away from me. As you know, he doesn't turn our back on us just because we make stupid decisions. You know, we don't surprise him. He knows he's dealt with it before. Uh, that's true. And the more I get into learning about the Bible, the more I see that the rebelliousness that I have experienced over my life is just part of human history. You know, especially in the Old Testament, we read tons and tons of instances where the ancient Israelites done well when they served God, but then when they got away from that, they didn't do so well and they went through all kinds of trouble and all kinds of trials and you know that's kind of the way my life has been uh, I can say a lot of my problems have been self-induced not all of them but a lot of them but my spiritual path has been something that's been problematic but it's been interesting uh, I do talk a lot about the things that I got right in my autobiography you know and it's especially about my experiences with Christ in my ministry and that's it's been a rough rocky road you know I'm not going to say that my life has been easy uh, but I don't say that because I want people to feel sorry for me neither I just want to say I guess all of my struggles has allowed me, getting past them has allowed me to say, you know, God is good and he can, if he can do these miraculous things in my life, he can do it in your life too. Um, because I say that my successes are not because of me being great, it's because of me willing that I'm not worth the crap without God and allowing him to change me from the inside and I spent a lot of years trying to change everybody else and change the world but I now realize the only change I can make is with me and that's with a great deal of help from God because without him I'm pretty worthless I understand that 100%. I'm literally the same way. Without without God in my life, I'm worthless. <laughs> I remember my pastor once uh, said, this is like when I first met him, uh, shout out to you, Mike Bass, if you see this, where he was like, um, I think he said it like, he said, I suck without Christ. Yeah. We all suck without yeah. Christ. Exactly. That threw me off because I never heard a pastor say that, but I was like, wow, he's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and thank you again for opening up uh, about that in your life and just letting all my peeps know about that and for all my peeps that's watching this that are struggling with addiction or even your faith in God just you know look at Steve as an example that you can get through it and of course with the help of God yeah so now to switch gears Steve um Let's talk about your run for Congress in 2020. Yeah, I did that. Uh. <laughs> that's that's awesome that you uh, put yourself out there. You ran as an independent. So what made you want to run? Well, I've got really, really tired of watching all the billionaires and the millionaires and the rich and famous getting elected and making all the decisions for everybody else and Seems like they never done anything for us mere mortals, the working class people, you know. And I wanted to try to be a candidate that stood for the working class, you know. I didn't even try to get donations. I spent less than $100 on my campaign, and I somehow managed to get just under 9,000 votes without spending that money. Uh, my platform was all about helping the poor and trying to eliminate systemic racism. Um, wanting to stand up for the people that needed standing up for, you know. And that's what I did. And it was, I didn't win, but I never expected to win. Tennessee is a very red state. Uh, most people are Republicans. And since I believe it's, Sometime in the 18th, well, excuse me, the 19th century, since then, in the first district of Tennessee, we've always had Republican Congress. So I knew, you know, I wasn't going to win, but I was able to get some good points across, and I didn't let people forget about the impoverished people in East Tennessee. I didn't let people forget about the systemic racism and I kept people thinking about you know we are a whole lot of people here that are underrepresented or not represented at all so I was able to keep those things out in the forefront even though I didn't win the majority of the votes I think of it as a success definitely and I've watched your uh, news uh, interviews and, you know, I was really impressed with the way you handled the interview. You talked about a lot of problems that some Republicans, you know, not to dissolve them, but that will just run away from. You talked about from Black Lives Matter to human trafficking. Yeah. I mean, I was like, man, I was in Tennessee and you got my vote. <laughs> I'm all the <laughs> way here in North Carolina. But yeah. I mean, that was that was amazing that you ran. Do you have any uh, aspirations to run again? No. No, <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> I didn't have to think about that. No, it, I mean, for a while I kind of entertained it, but no, it's politics is so dirty. There's so much dishonesty, so much deceit. It's all about power and money. And as I've heard somebody say, politics is war. And that's, that's the way it is. And it's... If you're rich and got the right connections, you can be a successful politician if you consider being elected and re-elected the definition of success. Uh, but we need a whole lot more working class people getting the reputation, or excuse me, the representation that we deserve. 
but I don't see that happening. The Republicans and the Democrats, both parties are bullies. They don't want to let anybody else participate. And if you don't have the money and you don't have the connections, then you're a nobody in their world. Yeah, that needs to change ASAP. Because, yeah. you know, I identify myself as an independent as well. And it's just, it's a shame how really they're trying to basically get away from the independency, like anyone yeah. runs or, like, it's it's pretty sad. Yeah. It shouldn't just be red or blue, you know? Yeah. And it's hard to get any kind of media coverage unless you're a Republican or a Democrat, you know? It's, yep. I had to be really sometimes downright offensive just to get the attention <laughs> well it's funny you, you bring that up because I, I remember the news guy who was interviewing you he said that you called donald trump the uh antichrist i did i did <laughs> and uh he asked you do you still feel that way and you're like well, he's not the antichrist he's close to it and i'm like yeah. oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, he's going to piss off a lot of people oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the Republicans, I'd say most of the Republicans in Tennessee are Trump supporters. And they know that I'm not one of their fans. <laughs> <laughs> Did you receive any, like, well, I'm pretty sure since you ran as independent, but say, receive any hate mail or death threats that I hear, like, some Republican, I mean, uh, people who runs... Uh, for office get sometimes? I got a lot of nasty emails, a lot of nasty comments on social media. No death threats, and I really was surprised. I was expecting them, you know. Um, But mostly it was just a lot of people that think that anybody that's not a Republican is evil and those people that thought everybody that's not a hardcore democrat is evil and so i was kind of in the middle you know i was getting it from both ends but you know i jumped into the frying pan so i had to take the heat (laughs) i like that (laughs) so uh let's talk about uh your podcast holding on with holder is it's really taken off i mean you have some amazing guests i've watched uh, yeah i subscribed and um, I'm just blown away with some of these people you find. So what inspired you to start your podcast, Holding On With Holder? That goes back to last year when I was running for U.S. Congress. A lot of times when I was getting interviewed, I felt like, well, I'm in a hot seat. I want to be on the other end. I want to ask questions. <laughs> so I thought about that and thought about that. And then, you know, I finally decided, okay, I'll, I'll try it. So I reached out to a couple of people that had couple of podcasters that had interviewed me when I couldn't get any media attention and so I reached out to them and got them on as my guest to start it out and it I discovered there's plenty of Facebook groups for podcasters uh, to find guests and people that want to be guests so I use that to get some guests and I just reached out to some people on Twitter and Facebook where it's it was easy to tell they wanted some attention. You know, they had a message and they wanted to get it out there or they had something to promote. So I just kind of went with that. I say I like to interview interesting people and talk about interesting topics. And that's just pretty much all I do, you know, and I love it. 
I mean, it's awesome. I, I love, you know, your, your episodes. I mean, you had people from, like, myself, podcasters. Uh, I've seen an episode with uh, a woman who is in the adult film industry. Yeah. I've seen uh, the one that you just did with, uh, she just dropped yesterday. I watched a little bit of that with the, uh, oh, I don't want to mess up her name. Chastity Unique. Like, she's man. a print. Yes. Black yes. High Priestess <laughs> is what she calls herself. I had her on twice, and she's an interesting guest. Definitely. So, um, do you have any future guests that you wanted to drop for us, or any of my peeps that's watching, any cross, you know, brands to be on the lookout for? Oh, I've got all kinds of good things. I've got ministers coming up. I've got politicians coming up. I've got uh, paranormal people coming up. I got all kinds of good things coming up. So just stay tuned. Awesome. So one thing I, I like to ask any of my guests that comes on is, what's their favorite? Well, something they like to lean on during the hard times or good, or even good times. So what's one of your favorites, Steve? Favorite quote? Yes. Wow. Or it could be a saying, quote or saying, even a Bible verse, something that you love to lean on. Hmm. I guess when the going gets tough, the tough get going or something like that. <laughs> or don't give up no matter what, you know. 100% true. And I, I'm going to ask you this question. You asked me this when you interviewed me, but it's always interesting because it, it threw me off, but I hope I answered it well. So where do you see yourself five years from now? <laughs> well... <laughs> I may not be around. I don't know. Uh, I guess I'll probably still be an honorary old man. And, you know, I hope to still have some good things to say and some good things to do. And I might still be podcasting. I don't know. But I just hope that I can be a decent human being and be somebody that I can be proud of and God can be proud of. Somebody told me a long time ago, if you have your approval and God's approval, you really don't need anybody else's. And, you know, I kind of like that. Yeah. So. Amen. Yeah. That's a, I'm taking that for the quote. There <laughs> you go. Nice. There you go. <laughs> so, but, Steve, for all my peeps out here, how can they reach you? Where's the, what's the best places to reach you at? Well, I do have a website, www.steveholder2020.com. There's tons of things on that. Plus, it's a portal to my YouTube channel, Holding On With Holder. And uh, you can actually go through that to get to my Facebook page. And uh, I have a Twitter account, uh, Steve Holder underscore. Yeah, I think that's it. So, yeah, check me out. All my books are available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, BooksAmillion.com, and those big places. So, yeah, you can find me. Awesome. Thank you, Steve, for your time. Everyone, please like, subscribe, share. Check out Coding On With Holder. Check out my latest episodes, too, as well. Steve, thank you again. Much love and respect, brother. For being on uh, the People's Show. Glad to be here, brother. Thanks for having me.
I lost you there. Yeah, I was going to say that. Once. I think it, went, it, fr- it froze up. <laughs> what, was the, what was the last thing you heard? <laughs> uh, you were telling people to like and subscribe and share. Yes, like, subscribe, <laughs> share, catch out, uh, check it. Uh, let's see, I can't more words on that. <laughs> check out Holding On With Holder. You can find them on YouTube. Follow them on Facebook. Check out People's Choice Podcast. Like, subscribe, share to millions, billions of your friends. Yeah. And Steve, thank you again for being a great guest. Thank you. Uh, wish you much success, much love, brother. And, you thank know, you. hopefully in five years, everything you want comes true and much more. Thank you, brother. Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for your time. All right. Later. Awesome. That was awesome. Oh, <laughs> thank yeah. you, Steve. You're welcome, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for being just an awesome person. And, you know, we've done now an episode for you, episode for me. And I hope that, you know, you gained a lot of uh, my peeps and I gained some of your audience. And yeah. Got a good friendship going on here, too. Amen, brother. Hopefully we can do it again a lot. Definitely. You know, I never did hear back from, uh, what's her name, Elena, that I... Talk to you oh, about La, La, uh, Lahela. Lahela, yeah. I never did hear back from her. I really want her on my show. I messaged her and she said she seen your message. She said yeah. she's been um, busy, but she said she was going to reply back to you. But well, I'll make sure I remind her. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to talking to her. I will. I'll definitely reach out to her because she's an, she's an amazing woman. Too. Yeah, she seems to be. Yeah, she is, and she's got a lot going on. She actually just shared something yesterday on her Facebook about um, trying to get scholarships out yeah. to go back in uh, our hometown in uh, like Fayetteville, Sanford, and uh, places in North Carolina. But I'll definitely reach out to her. Yeah, tell her I'll be glad to help her get the word out about her scholarships and all that stuff. Definitely. All right, thanks, Steve. You have a great one, all right? And I'll let you know when uh, I get all this uploaded and okay. stuff. Okay. Intro and edits and all that good stuff. <laughs> I know I don't know how to edit, so I ain't got that for you. <laughs> yeah, I could teach you. It's 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 pretty complicated, but I could teach you. Great. I'm I'm learning every every week. I'm learning something new. I promise. <laughs> Maybe we can have a Zoom meeting about you teaching me how to edit. <laughs> Definitely, I got you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Bye bye.